Well, good evening tonight, New Life Friday night. Glad you're here. Thanks for coming. It's Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we'll be doing a standalone talk here tonight. We just finished our series last week going through the Lord's Prayer, and this following Friday we'll start a new series going through the book of Proverbs. But tonight we're going to do a standalone moment. But before we do, this is baby week for Kim Easton over here. Kim and Daniel, she's about to have a baby. And so stretch out your hands to Kim. We pray, God, bless her, strengthen her, this child. Let this child come forth beautifully and with great health. We pray you'd strengthen mama. We pray that the peace of God would fill that room. We pray, Lord, long and full life for this baby on the way. And so, Lord, this week we pray that great celebration would, would break out in their home and in their family as new life comes. And so we pray peace over mama and peace over baby. And all God's people said Amen, amen, amen. Yes, yes, yes. Been knowing these people, I don't know, 13, 14, it feels like my whole life. So 14, 13 years, love you guys. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 11. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen here. But what I'll do is I'll read these four verses and we'll pray and jump in. So hear the word of the Lord from John chapter 11. 32 through 35, it says, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and she saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother Lazarus would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved. Everyone say deeply moved. He was deeply moved in spirit and he was troubled. Where have you laid him? Jesus asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And the shortest verse in all of the Bible, verse 35, Jesus wept. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, Jesus, walk up to this moment tonight like you did that night. We've all got graves and tombs and burial clothes. We've all got death and chaos and darkness surrounding us. We all have questions. We all have fears and anxiety threatens and presses in. Lord Jesus, we need you to step up to this moment tonight and speak to us. Lord, we pray that you would teach us how to feel tonight. We pray that you would teach us how to commune tonight, that you would teach us how to empathize tonight. Jesus, make us yours, we pray. That's as simple as we can say it. Make us yours. We pray, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And we pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Memorial Day weekend. It's a cultural liturgy, if you will. It's something that's in the American calendar and psyche. It's something that we circle back to every year because we go, you know what? It's right to remember what the people who went before us have done. How many military do we have in the room tonight who have served or who are currently serving? Any of you, would you just raise your hands? Raise your hands. All over the room. All over the room. Yes. 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 Yes, 
Memorial Day weekend, this is Colorado Springs. This means something to us. We have more military installations in our city than any other city in the United States of America. 33% of our city, give or take a percentage or two, turns over every three years because people are moving in for a new assignment and people are moving out to a new assignment. We know about this story here in Colorado Springs. Memorial Day weekend is the weekend where we remember soldiers who have died in service. In other nations of the earth, they'll call it Remembrance Day. This touches home for us here in the city, but it also touches home for us here at New Life Church. As a pastor, I've had several moments along the way that I'll never forget, several relationships and funerals, and just, just moments in time that you'll, you'll never forget. Captain David Lyon came to United States Air Force Academy from Sandpoint, Idaho, and he met and fell in love with Dana Pounds. Dana was from Kentucky, a good basketball girl from Kentucky who came here on scholarship. And Well, I guess everyone who comes to the academy comes on scholarship, so... <laughs> She came here to play sports, and Dave came here to play sports, and they were both. Let me show you this first picture here of Dave and Dana. And met and fell in love at USAFA, got married right after graduation, and both of them freak athletes. Dave, uh, Mountain West champion shot putter. I mean, look at these folks. <laughs> both of them, beast mode. Dave... Uh, Mountain West champion shot putter. Dana, a two-time national champion javelin thrower. This woman, she's one of our dearest friends. She comes out to the ranch and our kids, Aunt Dana, Aunt Dana, and she's taught them how to shoot. And she's just, she's just amazing, Aunt Dana. Two-time national champion javelin thrower. Was like maybe a half an inch away from going to the Olympics on like some silly technicality. Should have gone to the Olympics. Both of them monster athletes. Both of them after their time here, were assigned in Afghanistan, stationed in two different places. And I'll show you this picture. There they are in Afghanistan together, meeting up as a married couple and celebrating serving their country and, and being willing to lay down their lives. And on December 27th, 2013, when on patrol, Dave uh, encountered a vehicle that unbeknownst to anyone in the troop was carrying an IED and it exploded, and he died. Nine other people, as I recall, died with him. Tragedy, heartbreak, willing to serve his country, willing to lay down his life, willing to just put all his chips on the table. Dana as well, this is a military family, and, and taking the oath, and we're gonna serve, and we're not here for ourselves, and we'll do whatever's asked of us for the good of other people, and, Dave loses his life in Afghanistan, and this next picture wrecks me every time. It's Dana flying home, his body. She got to fly back, bring him back to the States. He came into this room and held his funeral. I played drums for it that day. His heart, everyone heartbroken. A life, just a strapping six foot five stallion of a man, loved Jesus, honored his family, honored his country, honored his bride, just gone. Dana was cleaning out 
different things along the way as, as her heart was ready for that. She gave me his running shoes, size 12. We share same size shoe. And so I, the, all the tread is gone on those shoes, but I, I can't get rid of them. I'll, I'll die with those shoes. I'll have those shoes in my closet. I wear them around the ranch and all the tread's gone. I'm sliding around, but I just, I will not get rid of those shoes. My dad is big six, five guy as well. And Dana's given him a bunch of uh, Dave's clothing and he'll wear that around half his closet, some of Dave's stuff. And this weekend and all throughout the year, I remember Dave's life. I remember Dave's love. I remember Dave's honor. I remember Dave's respect. I remember his sacrifice. That's what this weekend is for. This weekend and all throughout the year, I remember Dana, the way she has stood faithfully. Dana's watching tonight. I asked her permission to share this. I would never share it without permission, but can we just take a second and bless Dana and tell her how much we love her? Can you give it up for Dana who's watching? Dana. love you and we remember with you and we're heartbroken with you. One of the most important words in the Bible, you want to know one of the most important words, Old Testament and New, it just keeps showing up. It just keeps showing up. If you count, if you pay attention, if you're paying attention to the text, one of the most important words in the Bible is remember. Remember. God it says in Genesis chapter eight, he remembered Noah. Noah's in the boat with his family and the storm has come and the world has been flooded and Noah's in the boat and said, and God remembered Noah and he sent a wind that blew all the water back and got him back on dry ground. The rainbow comes because God remembered his covenant and, and he says, I will never flood the earth again. God remembers. And whenever I see one of those rainbows, and you ought to as well, out in the sky, I'm thinking about God's covenant of faithfulness that he's gonna, he's gonna get us through. He's gonna bring us through the storm. Somehow God will be faithful. Remember. God remembered Joseph who was in prison. He was sold by his brothers, the coat of many colors. Father had favored him and his brothers were jealous and they throw him in the pit and then they sell him to slave traders who take him into Egypt and he ends up in Potiphar's house and then ends up in the prison, he'd done nothing wrong. And it says, and God remembered Joseph and he drew him up out of that tomb, if you will. And he seated him on the throne of Egypt. God hears the Egyptian, the, the Israelites cry. They're, they're enslaved by the Egyptians and God remembered his covenant and he delivered them. The reality is that most people aren't good at expressing we aren't good at remembering. We aren't good at slowing down. We aren't good at naming the realities. We keep ourselves at a frenetic pace here. And, and sometimes I wonder if that's just us trying to blow past the grief. <laughs> we don't want to actually do the hard work of naming all the stuff. So what do we do? We just keep our, fill up our calendar. And we go, 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 go. But the thing about grief is it will catch back up with you. It will find you. If, if you stuff it, if you ignore it, if you go la, 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 it, it'll wait for you, but it will come back. So most people aren't good at expressing grief. Little boys in our father's generation, very, very often those little boys grew up hearing, little boys don't cry. Don't, don't grieve. Don't, don't show weakness. Don't be sad. Come on, you're fine, right? 
Anyone ever heard that? We've got to power up in these moments. Another reality is we live at such a pace that we won't let ourselves feel it. But the people of Israel knew a different way. The ancient people of God, if you read the Old Testament, they, they knew a different way. Two-thirds of the Psalms are laments, grieving complaints against God. Hey, God, how long? I, 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 I don't feel comfortable with that most of the time. Like the one who created the heavens and the earth who said, let there be and there was. Like very often we think of him as this like static force of power out there, this, this divine sheer wall of deity and don't talk, no. Like these people went, how long, O Lord? And why have you hidden your face from me and, and, and cast me not away from your presence? And God, will you remember your covenant that you swore to Abraham and Isaac and to Jacob and to Moses? Will you be good to them or to us like you were to them? These people spoke up to God. They told the truth. Why did they tell the truth? Because the Hebrew writers knew that the path of praise often goes through the valley of mourning. On the journey, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yes, I'll fear no evil because I'll discover along the way that you're with me, but though I walk through the valley, I'm not gonna be afraid to name, to name the stuff. They spoke up, two-thirds of the Psalms have laments in them. So the question I wanna ask tonight is what happens when we grieve and mourn? properly. Memorial Day weekend, as we're remembering loss, as we're remembering sacrifice, what happens when we as the people of God grieve and mourn properly? The first thing I'll say is our pain is named and confronted. We name it. We put it on the table. Have you ever been angry and, and said you're angry about one thing, but somehow like subterranean in your soul, you knew that it, it actually wasn't that thing. It was something else. <laughs> Counselors will tell you very often that anger is a masking emotion. Very often, anger is really covering up fear or sadness. I'm sad about something. I'm sad that life has changed. I'm sad that I've lost. I'm sad that I, I, I went to that funeral I never wanted to go to. And because of that sadness, sometimes I, 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 I mask it, the sadness, by lashing out. Sadness. I'm afraid that the bottom might fall out. I'm afraid that God actually isn't my father and he won't provide for me. I'm afraid because the economy's tanking. I'm afraid because I'm in a global pandemic. And very often that fear comes out as anger. Really, if you, if you pulled back the layers, it's just a little child kind of in the corner scared. I'm afraid or I'm sad. But when we name, when we, when we, Take the moment in God's presence to name that stuff. Our fear gets named and addressed. We put it on the table. You see, grief is protest. We don't want what's happened to us to actually be true. No, it's not right. God, this can't be. Pain that goes unaddressed, I want you to hear, it resurfaces elsewhere. So we as the people of God, we've been given a, a text, we've been given these scriptures, and, and the, the ancient saints told us to name what we're feeling in the presence of God. They told us that God is not soft, that God is not scared, that God is not precious, that God is not defensive, that God is not gonna strike us. God wants to act, if he's our father and we're the children scared in the corner, he actually wants us to trust him with that, to name it. 
pain that goes unaddressed resurfaces elsewhere. The second thing, what happens when we grieve and we mourn properly? The second thing is we become available again. Have you ever been so bottled up and so anxious or so afraid or so scared or, and you're lashing out in anger and you're, you're kind of having to live like, and then finally you just say it and something in your body changes. Have you ever felt that? Like, oh, I feel 20 pounds lighter. Nothing changed. I just told the truth. I just let someone in. I invited someone to help carry the cross that I'm carrying with me. I, I invited someone into the yoke with me. We become available again. Have you ever grieved or cried or fought with the Lord or fought with someone that you love and then boom, there's like this holy purgation that happens, a retenderizing of your soul. When we come before the Lord and we tell the truth and we grieve and we mourn and we, we name the stuff, we become available again. We see this in Isaiah 61 where the great prophet says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me these people, had been, these people had been enslaved for so long and all of a sudden in, in chapter 60 and 61, we see this kind of pivot, this shift. Now the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. He sent me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. He sent me to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You see these people becoming available again as the spirit of the sovereign Lord God comes upon them and as they're released from that prison of carrying all of that stuff on their own, they become available again. So I wanna ask, how do we grieve and how do we mourn? What, what are some of the steps along the way? I'll put in front of you Psalm 137, verse one, which is an ancient text of Israel. It says, by the rivers of Babylon, these are the people who have been living in a foreign country because they've been ripped out of their homeland. And I think this is a nice little template for a traumatized people. <laughs> Psalm 137, a template for a traumatized people. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. Phrase number one, for, or step number one, admit there's a new reality. How do we grieve and mourn properly? Admit that there's a new reality. They said by the rivers of Babylon. We're not in Jerusalem anymore. We're not in the homeland. This isn't the promised land. The life that we once knew, it's changed on us. The first step of grieving and mourning properly is just naming the new reality. Admit that we're sitting by the rivers of Babylon. We're not in Jerusalem anymore. And even when we return to Jerusalem, it will never be the same. Life has shifted. You've been to a funeral that you didn't want to go to. And you can pray with these ancient saints by the rivers of Babylon. It's not Jerusalem anymore. Things have changed. The Waldo Canyon fire, I remember going into a congregant's house, it burned down to a crisp. They lost everything. They lost all their, their photo albums and their computers with their electronic photos and all their, their wedding dress after 40 years of being married. And they said, like, we're standing in the rubble. This is all we have. By the rivers of Babylon. 
Naming that there's a new reality. That's step number one. Step number two, how do we mourn and grieve? You gotta take time to mourn. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept. You gotta take time. Every major trauma initiates a new timeline. Think about this. Major surgery that you've had. I want you to use this as an image for like a trauma. After a major surgery, what does it make you do? It makes you slow down. You can't just race back into the life that you once knew. You've gotta take time to be healed. You gotta take time to get your strength back. If that's what's true of our bodies, why don't we take time for our souls when we've been through a major trauma? We just make ourselves go back to work on Monday and act like everything's fine. Blessed and highly favored. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. No, I'm just, we got food. No, if, if you've been wounded, you gotta take the time to slow down into it and grieve and process and mourn. Staying busy keeps us occupied, but it does not allow for mourning and grieving. We, when we just fill up our schedules after a major trauma and we act like everything's fine, we're just la, 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 la. But as I said, grief will wait for you, but it will make sure that you address it. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat. Some of you need to learn how to sit and you need to learn how to weep. And you need to learn how to let the Spirit lead you slowly through the valley at the pace at which the Spirit will lead you through the valley. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept. Step number three, how do we mourn and grieve? You've gotta remember the past. When those memories wash ashore, let it come. Don't turn it off. Remember Zion. They said, we remembered Zion by the rivers of Babylon. We're not in Jerusalem anymore. And we sat and we wept and we took the time, but we remembered Zion. Do you remember when we used to go to the house of the Lord? Do you remember what it would smell like when they would be baking that bread? Do you remember hearing all the animals as they were coming in for sacrifice? Do you remember the children running through the courts and worshiping and playing and memorizing Torah? We remembered Zion. It's good to remember the good Memories, pull out the photo books, tell the stories at Thanksgiving dinner, create moments where you ask good questions of people. What do you remember about grandpa? What do you remember about that time in our family's history together? Before things changed, let's go back to that moment. We sat and wept and we remembered the past. Remember the great times and reflect on the lessons learned and receive all of the joy that those memories can bring back. But the fourth thing, how do we mourn and grieve? The fourth thing that we must do is remember that it will not always be this way. And this is where our gospel turn happens. This is what Pastor Brett was saying. We just sang our story. Then on the third at break of dawn, the son of heaven rose again. Oh, trampled death, where is your sting, Right? This is our story. It will not always be this way. Jesus is our icon. Jesus is the truest story. And what do we see from the early li earthly life of Jesus? That he lived and he loved and he suffered and he struggled with and was tempted by the devil and he was betrayed by friends. Anyone ever been there? Jesus has been there. There is no place that you and I could ever go that Jesus has not experienced himself. 
Jesus has tread the human story and retraced all of our steps and collected up all the wounds and the sorrow and the grief and the pain and the betrayal and the heartbreak. And he was finally crucified. He he went to the deepest and darkest place, the place of the dead. Jesus knows what it is, but he didn't stay dead. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand. You guys know the story. And Paul, at the end of his life, was writing a young Timothy. And Paul knew that he was getting ready to die. And he's writing his young protege, Timothy, the Thessalonian people through Timothy. And he says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep, those who sleep in death, the people who have trusted in Jesus and have died. We don't want you to be uninformed about them so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Paul is saying, yes, we grieve, we feel, we empathize, we sit by the rivers of Babylon and we weep and we remember all of that. We are human. But Paul says, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. Our grieving as Christians is different. How can it be different? It's different because on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures and all of the death and all of the chaos and all of the suffering and all of the trauma and all of the war and all of the poverty and everything that's broken in the earth will be addressed one day because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. It will not always be this way. And we can grieve and we can mourn with hope because we know that what happened to Jesus will happen to us one day. Can you say amen? You see, the death and resurrection of Jesus show us where our story and the story of the cosmos is headed. This is where we're going. Yes, we're gonna go to Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And yes, we're gonna carry a cross up that hill. And yes, we're gonna weep and we're gonna mourn. And yes, stuff is gonna happen along the way. And yes, we'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we will fear no evil because Joseph's tomb outside of Jerusalem is still empty. Jesus is our icon. Jesus shows us where our story and the story of the cosmos is headed. This Hebrew word, remember, is the word zakar. And zakar means to remember in a way that employs your hands, your feet, and your mouth. And so underneath your chairs, would you grab those pieces of paper and a pen? We've got a piece of paper and a pen under every chair here tonight. And I wanna ask you three questions and I want you to take some time here to do some reflection. I want you to remember. This is a weekend where we Make it okay to remember. Where we set aside time to slow down and to remember. So I wanna ask you the first, the first question. We've all experienced traumas, personal, corporate, national traumas, global traumas. This last year has cost all of us more than we can know. There's a mental health crisis going on right now. So I want us to remember, I want us to put it on paper in the presence of the Lord. This is not you doing just psychobabble work. This is you saying, God, I'm going to trust you with the truest stuff about me. I'm gonna trust you with my fears. I'm gonna trust you with my concerns. So the first question is what people come to your mind that you need to remember before the Lord? Would you begin writing down names? as they just come to you, what people do you, do you need to remember tonight in the presence of the Lord? They may be people who are hurting. 
people that you love. They may be people that you are threatened with by deep hate. It's okay to say that. Like, as Christians, we have to keep turning certain people back over to the Lord. What people come to your mind that you need to remember in the presence of the Lord? Maybe it's someone you've been interceding for. Maybe it's someone that you're just forgiving every single day, multiple times a day. God, bless them. God, forgive them. I forgive them. Would you just write those names down and take this home with you this week and keep this in your Bible or keep this in your car, keep it in front of your eyes, keep it in your prayer time. Begin to pray that God's kingdom come and God's will be done for them this week. Second question is what painful event comes to mind that you need to remember before the Lord? A painful event. sadness, a loss, a grief, a moment where someone said something to you and over you that wounded you, that broke you, a car wreck, the loss of a home, the loss of a marriage, the loss of a parent loss of a child can Christians be honest is this stuff too scary to say in the presence of the Lord if it is what are we doing wasting our time here like this is all we get to do together is say we believe everything's on the table with God and that he can take death and make it new life what painful event do you need to remember the third question is what moment of God's faithfulness in the past comes to mind that you need to remember. You see, it's not just all the bad stuff. You see, actually remembering these moments of God's faithfulness become anchors in the storm. They, they tether us, they bind us to this place so that we aren't swept and thrown about, we aren't carried off into the abyss. No, when we remember God's faithfulness, somehow we're anchored, we're tethered, we're tied down, we're, we're able to stay. And I remember all these moments when my life feels like it's crumbling. When I'm at my best, I go, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. And that time you did this for my family, and that time you rescued me from that trial, that time you kept me safe in that storm, God, I give you Thanks. Can you remember moments of God's faithfulness? I want you now to quiet your hearts and close your eyes. And would you just say something like, Lord, this list is yours. Lord, these people are yours. Lord, these events, they're yours. The devil wants you to carry it. The devil wants you to own it. The devil wants you to be sunk by the weight of it. Give it over. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. So, Lord, we entrust these lists, these names, these moments to you. And we give you thanks for every moment you've rescued us, every moment you've protected us, every moment you've guarded us, every moment you've provided for us, Lord 
give you thanks and we remember, we remember, we remember. Would you stand with me tonight? Before we receive communion, we're gonna sing this song and then I'll come and we'll receive communion together. It's this song called, We'll See You Do It Again, Do It Again. Walking around these walls, (laughs) I thought by now they'd fall. You've never failed me yet. And so let's sing this as worship to the Lord as we remember his faithfulness.
elements ready. And if you don't have your communion elements, we've got some here. Can you raise your hands if you don't have any? Our ushers will come, serve you. Looks like, okay, we need some back here in the back. They're coming. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. Yeah, right back here. I'll wait. I want everyone to eat tonight. (laughs) Jewels were coming. Jesus on the night he was betrayed took the bread and he broke it and he said this is my body which is broken for you and as often as you do this and hear the word is remember (laughs) the last supper he says don't forget I promise I'll be broken for you. I'll feed you. I'll keep coming for you. I will never leave you as orphans. You're not alone. Don't you ever forget it. Remember, says Jesus, as we come to this moment, we remember that this is the God who knows what to do about even the very worst of the human experience. Death has been defeated. Jesus' body has been broken. You may receive from Jesus tonight. this cup is the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of your sins and as often as you do this remember you're clean remember Jesus is for you remember there's a cup that he's poured with your name on it remember There's a feast coming in the end. This is the last supper. We're waiting for the marriage supper of the lamb when death will be no more and no more sorrow and no more suffering and no more mourning and no more pain. And Jesus says, as you take this cup, remember that's coming. (laughs) It will not always be this way. So Jesus, we receive, we receive, we remember. Friends, you may receive the cup. just be honest with you real quick as your pastor. I didn't plan on saying this, but can I be vulnerable here? I hate preaching sermons like this because the devil tells me, you can't do that. You can't do that because if you do, no one will ever come back because it's heavy and it's dark and they don't want to hear that. Just be, here's what I kind of hear. Like, I want to be Chris Rock meets Jesus, you know? funny and let's have fun. This is a heavy thing, but I just am committed to rebuke the lie of the devil and keep pressing through. I just, I am. Y'all hate me for it if you need to, but if we don't, if we don't come to church and tell the truth, I quit. (laughs) And, and here's the thing. 
The people who really need to hear this would suffer if we didn't do this in church, right? The people who are suffering under the weight of the devil's oppression and the sadness and the brokenness of life, if they come to church and all they hear is, blessed and highly favored, everything is awesome, they think it's their fault, and it's not. It's human life, okay? So there's just... 90 seconds of me telling you I don't love doing this but I will keep doing it because it's the right thing to do so have your way Jesus Um, we need to sing our way out of here so let's sing I've seen you move come on I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe he'll do it again Church sing, I exalt thee. Come on. Uh-huh. 
Would you open your hands tonight to receive the blessing? Oh, Lord, for your weary people, strength. Strength, strength, strength. Lord, we pray for our friend Dana on this weekend as she remembers. We remember with her. We pray blessing over Dana. Strengthen her. Encourage her. Comfort her. Holy Spirit, surround Dana. Guard her. Keep her. Hold her up. May she not fall this weekend. Lord, we pray the blessing of God. Sweet sleep over her. Guard her heart and her mind. Lord, I pray for my friends tonight who feel suffocating under the weight of the enemy's oppression. I pray break it off of them in Jesus' name. Break it off. Pray that some people would go home tonight feeling different. They haven't felt this way in years because of the work of Jesus. Lord, break it off. Jesus, you went about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. Do it again tonight. Lord, I pray that every memory that we can draw up of your faithfulness in the past. Bring it to mind, Lord. Let it be an anchor for the soul. Let it keep us. Let it, let it reinforce us and bolster us and remind us that what you've done in the past, you will do in the future. He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And while we have our little mini suppers, our last suppers every week, we ache for the day. The great marriage supper of the Lamb. Come, Lord Jesus. Bring it. Heal the world. Tonight, I pray for my friends, Lord. Bless them and keep them. Make your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lord, lift your countenance upon them and grant them peace, I pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. One more time for what the Lord has done here tonight. good to be with you. I want to invite the prayer team down. If you have further prayer needs, we would love to stand with you in prayer. If you're new, come see us at Connect Central. Go from here tonight in God's grace and peace. Much love.